0: Welcome to the Richard Sherman Podcast, brought to you by Superdraft Fantasy. Daily fantasy is broken, and Superdraft has fixed it. Listeners can discover why with their first $5 Superdraft contest for free with the promo code PFF at registration. No credit card required. Download the Superdraft app and play today. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. Don't you ever talk about... welcome to the Richard Sherman podcast it's me with my guy Mitch Eisenstein later on we'll have my teammate Leonard Fournette but for now Mitchell I appreciate you as always what's up
1: well what's up Richard is you guys are coming out of bye you're gonna play this week you're gonna get a pick six I'm feeling really really good about it I like that. I like how are you feeling
0: I'm feeling fantastic feeling nice and healthy for change and in shape you know you know these are things that I've been chasing for a while but uh you know, my facial hair needs some some trimming, but
1: other than that, I feel really good. That's fantastic, man. Um, we've had an interesting week. You know, obviously, uh, we saw Odell Beckham go on waivers, and a lot of teams didn't appear to be interested, and then he became a free agent, and the world was his oyster, and he chose to go to L.A. We talked about it last week. What the heck is going on with the Rams? How does this change their offense? What do you see with Odell in uh, in L.A.?
0: Well, I mean, Odell's a, a big-time playmaker. He's a, he's a great run-after-catch guy, and, and that's what Sean McVay and this system does. You know, they get the ball in their playmaker's hands with space and room to run. Uh, great play-action games. They create a lot of one-on-one matchups. So I expect him to thrive in that system. Um, you know, but there's still only one football, you know. And so I don't know if it's going to be a matter of his talent um, or a matter of, of, of just a distribution of footballs. you know, I mean, Cooper cups getting a lot of targets right now. Robert Woods is still requiring his same amount of targets. Uh, They still move the ball to the backs and the the tight ends just as much. Uh, So add another receiver to the mix and trying to get him the amount of targets that Odell Beckham Jr. Is used to getting in that he thrives with, you know, he thrives with a high number of targets. You know, he's usually, if he gets seven, eight targets a game, he's usually got 90 to a hundred yards a game. Um, but when you, take, when, you, when you give him that many targets, those targets have to come from somewhere. Uh, so do they come from Cooper Cup's targets, or do they come from Robert Woods? Who knows? Uh, but, you know, in terms of them getting another great receiver, I mean, that's, that's obvious. His talent is undeniable.
1: Well, it's, this seems to be the first time in his career that he's truly had a quarterback that can throw it downfield with, with vigilance, I think is a good word to use there. What does Matt Stafford bring to the table that Eli and and uh, Baker necessarily didn't.
0: Well, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I, I can't, I can't say that that cause I, I, I saw him catch many deep balls with Eli, you know, and I think sometimes from the outside looking in, they're like, Oh man, he doesn't throw a great deep ball, but I think Odell Beckham Jr. thrived with Eli and I thought Eli hit him in a lot of spots to give him a, a chance to run after catch. And, um, and I think in the situation with Baker, I think it was just a, a poor fit offensively, you know, for what they were trying to do. You know, I mean, it seems that that they they weren't great at, you know, just being able to to get him the ball, you know, in the normal flow of the offense. You know, and now when they don't have to try to force him the ball and they don't have to think about that, it seems their offense runs efficiently. Um, and so I think that just was a misfit. I don't know if it was Baker necessarily, you know. I I I didn't really, you know, check the film that, you know, that detailed unless we were playing him. Um, but it 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 seems that he will be fine. Uh, with Matt Stafford and his staff, you know, obviously Matt is is thriving under McVay. So uh, I expect that to continue, you know, with another huge weapon.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the other teams he was considering, Aaron Rodgers obviously came into the fold and I know he was looking at the Saints, but, you know, I'm curious to know your thoughts on on Aaron Rodgers and what's going on with Green Bay. Like, obviously Aaron kind of withheld information um, going into this year. You know what? What is that like being a teammate for someone that that does that? I guess is my question for you, Ray. Well,
0: I I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm not sure he withheld information. You know, I mean, it's different from you know the public understanding and thinking he, one thing and making their opinion and what the team thought and what the team knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I highly doubt his teammates didn't know that. You know, I highly doubt his coaching staff and his front office didn't know that. Um, you know, were they okay with it? Were they? Were they? Uh, aware of the circumstance and, and, and felt comfortable moving forward, hundred percent. But I don't, I don't know if I'm, I, you know, I feel like he misled his team anyway, you know, whether he misled the public, you know, and, and kind of certain things. I mean, who cares? You know, I, I I don't, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, people put too much onus in thinking that people, you know, these athletes owe them something, you know, they owe them an explanation. They owe him all he owes you is good play. All he owes you is to go out there and do his job at a high level. He doesn't owe you an explanation for why These, you know. And that's where, you know, people are probably going to get frustrated at me. But I mean, it is what it is. You know, if that's his choice, that's his choice. You know, you can get, but that's that's what sports does. It's, it's polarizing. You know, people are going to have an opinion one way or the other. There's going to be people on one side, what you know, outraged that oh he didn't get the vaccine. There's going to be people that be like, you know, bang, he, we're on his side. Like, you know, I don't want, I want to be the same way, and I feel the same. Same way he feels, et cetera, et cetera. I got the vaccine. I feel good about it. My wife got the vaccine. Uh, you know, we'll get the booster, and you know, that's how we're going to live our lives. You know, I, because there's so many things in life where you that that happen that people aren't worried about that aren't political that that people do, and you're sitting there, you know, whether it's whether it's you know drinking or or indulging in other things, you know, whether it's eating too much, you know, gl- gluttony, and and people are people, you know skydiving or putting their lives at risk in other ways and then you're sitting there like hey get a get a vaccination shot just like your kids have to do to get go to school or you know you get all these booster shots when you want to travel out the country to certain places if you if you traveled to, to, to africa or some of those countries there are certain shots you have to take to go or you can't go you know you can't travel to those places or you're going to put, be putting your life in danger and putting those people's lives in danger and so i think when it comes down to that i mean you make the decision that's best for you and your family and you live with it, you know? And I think it's just too much arguing about, about what's going on right now. You know what I mean? There's too much arguing about this one man, this one person. Right. Like at the end of the day, we have leadership. We have people in place that are supposed to encourage, you know, people to make the right decisions. They're supposed to do the right thing. They're supposed to, Hey, it's not Aaron Rogers job to get people vaccinated. Now you encourage people the best you can. If that's where you stand on it, if you say, Hey, you know, go get vaccinated. You know, you'll be helping more people survive more people to live. You'll be doing the, the world of service. Cool. Yeah. I feel like that's the right thing to do. That's my opinion. That's what I'm going to say, but I'm not going to be mad. If he doesn't say it,
1: Richard, switching gears a little bit, one of your former teammates, Cassius Marsh was in a little sticky situation was flagged right. through a uh, flag for taunting uh, for essentially looking at the opposing team's sideline really cost the Bears a, a great opportunity to win that game. Is this taunting rule just, in your opinion, ruining football? I mean, to me, it seems like the NFL was taking the right steps when they removed the excessive celebration rule. It started to see some of the personalities and fun. It's like, to me, it looks like they're removing the emotions of the game. Has this gone too far in your opinion? It, it, it like the the, the spirit
0: of the rule is, 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 is kind of in the right place. It's, it's, it's in the right ballpark. You know what I mean? I can understand the spirit of what they were trying to do, but the execution is piss poor. The execution is terrible. Like, and, and the interpretation is terrible you know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's what makes football exciting, rivalries and, 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 and chips on shoulders and and people having, having that angst and, and, and frustration about, Hey, this team, let me go. So it's a revenge game. You know, it's a revenge game for Cassius Marsh. And maybe it's not a revenge game, like, like, you know, on, on the, on, on a monumental scale, but it was a big deal for him. And it's a storyline. And usually the NFL is great about storylines, you know, now, if he had gone and, and, and gotten Tomlin's face, then throw the flag immediately. But that's the pageantry of football. That's what makes it cool, is, is to see those moments, to see that human element, to see, hey, I made a play, and the human being is saying, hey, I'm showing y'all what I could do, what I could have done, what you're missing out on. And that's all he was doing. All he was doing was, hey, 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 this is what y'all are missing out on. I'm about to beat y'all. You know what I mean? The guy you could have on your team, but now I'm sitting here you know about to – about to give you an L. and the nfl punished him for it and then not only that they didn't even address the referee bumping into him and that's a part of the game that i, I really feel passionately about and i'm frustrated is because there's too many instances where referees are putting their hands on players there's way too many like you like because you can't touch a ref and, and cash has said that before you can't touch a ref but there are many instances where refs are putting their hands on players are pushing players back and it's like hey now, I'm not putting my hands on you. Don't put your hands on me. Like, and then, then people are quick to be like, oh, that player, like, he touched the ref. He, he like, like brushed it up against the ref. Like I'm, I'm at full intensity in the middle of a football game. Don't put your hands on me. Don't put your hands on me. Unless, I'm, unless you're like saying I'm, I'm fighting somebody and you're breaking that up, keep your hands to yourself because you'll mess around and get hurt. Like, because one day somebody's going to not allow you to put your hands on them in that way. You know what I mean? They're not going to allow you to just because they're not going to see you. They're going to think you're an opponent. You're, you're on the other team and this is too high friction of an environment. You know what I mean? So it's like they have, to, they, they have to put some protections in place for players as well to say, hey, refs, there has to be a boundary of where you can put your hands on players and when you can bump players and when you can – because there are pictures out there in times where, where refs are breaking things up and they're putting their hands on players necks and like grabbing
1: them and it's like, hey, like now that, that, where's the line? Right. I mean, it, especially at that moment of the game, I, I, it, it, it's unfathomable to me to think that these refs can think that Cassius and any other player can act without emotion. Like you said, he's making a huge play, a game-changing play. This is not the first quarter. This is minutes left in the fourth with the Bears mounting a huge comeback. I mean, it, to me, it's just so naive uh, of, of the league to think that this is the right route to take like you said it's obvious at times when somebody's taunting but when someone's reacting emotionally after making a huge play that is to be expected that's what the fans want to see they want to see that emotion and for them to essentially police that out of the game it's it's something in my opinion at least that's going to certainly come to the league next year and hopefully there are changes that are made but
0: yeah but but it's it's there aren't going to be changes because people are like the the competition committee voted for that and the competition committee is a few coaches, a few former players, and mostly the teams, mostly the the owners of the teams who have, who never played this game, who've never, will never step foot on the game, who would never get emotional about this game outside of getting frustrated their team lost or, or something like that. They will never understand what it feels like to intercept the ball, throw a touchdown, score a touchdown in the national football league to, to, to sack a guy, force fumble for the game, to, to intercept your for- former team to end the game. Like you, they'll never know those feelings or those emotions or, or how, how much that, that brings you out of there or how it feels to just play free to go out there and let, let everything go and play free. You can't control when you're, when you're playing free, when you're playing free and letting your heart be on your sleeve, you're gonna, you're gonna have moments where you're not, you're not too totally, you're having like out of body experiences. Like, Sometimes you'll watch the film and be like, damn, what damn, what was I doing? Like, wow, like I was going crazy that day. Like I, I'm really because because that's what it takes to play this game at the highest level. And when you've never experienced that, when you don't see that, when you don't, then you don't, you shouldn't get to make the rules, but they do. They make the rules. And you know, it's like it's like me not being a pilot and being like never flown a plane, but like, hey, I need to come up with some rules for aviation. You know, I, I don't know what it's like to be up there flying the plane or or what you guys go through, but I need to be able to. I need you to do this. And I do that, but you've never flown the plane. You, you don't know what it's like. You don't know the, the obstacles you run into the, the turbulence, the, the so you can't police it. And, and in an NFL, you, we, that's what we have to deal with. We have to deal with people who've never flown the plane policing the pilots. Right.
1: Richard, we're talking about bag calls and officiating. There's something that you and I spoke about briefly on the phone this week that I wanted to bring up to you on this podcast because it's relevant with one of your former coaches, Jim Harbaugh, you know, I'm a huge Sparty fan. Michigan State knocked off U of M two weeks ago. Um, Jim Harbaugh complained about officiating immediately after the game. And then two weeks after uh, he was told again to the media that the Big Ten told him that uh, they were wrong on some of their calls, admitted to him. And Jim Harbaugh is back in the press complaining about calls that happened two weeks earlier. What is your take on a coach complaining about the officiating of a game? You know, I mean, there is a place for it. There's a place for it.
0: You know, I, I, you know, you see it in basketball sometimes, especially right after the game. Like, you have to make that point so that the emphasis goes to the next game. Like, if one of your players is, is, is being fouled all the time and, and it's not being called, then you make that point so that, hey, the next game, you might get fined, but they're going to be aware of it, and they're probably going to give you a few calls because you mentioned it. And if you didn't mention it, they were probably going to treat him the same way, but to to harp on it two weeks after the game seems a bit of a distraction. You know, that seems like a bit of a distraction. And if a player was talking about an a, an event happening from that game, two weeks later, they would say, Hey, this player this player hasn't moved on or this player distracted. Or this player like needs to, to, to be focused on the opponent at hand. And that's the same is true with the coaches. You need to be focused on your opponent at hand, or are you going to, you're going to miss something? You know what I mean? Are you not, you know, then you mess around and lose to a team you shouldn't lose to because you're still focused on some things that happened in the past. And you have to, you have to preach, you know, practice what you preach. And in that situation, I mean, somehow they're ranked above Michigan state right now. You know what I mean? Even though, uh, you know, the, the head to head,
1: you Results know, on the it field just flat out don't matter anymore. And, and,
0: and then, and, and then you have the Oregon, Ohio state thing where they do matter, you know? Right. And so two teams in the top 10 with, you know the same results and you're giving them different treatment and it's weird um but that's what the one of the messed up things about those rankings is so 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 subjective you know what i mean it's so subjective just like calls on the field in the nfl subjective it's like how are they feeling that day you know what i mean Did they did they did they have their coffee did they you know is everything great at home because they may call it a certain way you know these are humans you know oh it's all subjective. Every call, every play, you can call holding on offense. You can pretty much probably call lined up in a neutral zone more often than not, you know, on the D lineman. But do you call it every play? No, you don't. You can't because you can't play like that, you know, and, and that part is, is where they need to, to, to kind of rein them in.
1: Richard, Cam Newton is back in the NFL with his former team, the Carolina Panthers. You went the bat for Cam when he signed with New England originally. Um, obviously was a free agent all year. What's it like? Now he's going to be in your division. I mean, how much does he have left in the tank? How does he change that team? Well, I think it's huge for the fan base. You know, I think no matter what, it's a boost for the fan
0: base. It's a boost for the team. The te- their, their defense has been actually playing really good football. Uh, uh, Stefan Gilmore, obviously, has been a revelation for them. I'm sure they're going to be trying to secure him uh, pretty soon uh, with an extension. And so I think in terms of just – a bit of nostalgia and energy for the fan base and for the team. I think it's fantastic. You know, how much does Cam have left him to take? I have no idea. I, we haven't seen him play in almost a year, I think. And so, you know, it, 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 is he going to be good for this team and, and for the city and for just a feel good story? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That's going to boost it. And now if he goes in there and plays like he, like he has played in, in Carolina, and gives that team another boost, I mean, it's going to be an unbelievable story in the NFL. And again, that's why people watch. Um, But until we see him go out there and play and execute plays, you know, I can't tell you what he has left in the tank, but I think for for now, it's a great story and and gives the Carolina Panthers uh, a new energy.
1: Well, it'll be an interesting week 16 and 18 for you, to say the least. You're going against Carolina. Hopefully you, uh, you get a pick off of them or something and reintroduce them back in the division
0: right 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 right, right. That, that you know that's that's my part to the equation but um it's cool it's very cool to see him back in the league another class of 2011 i mean 2011 you know we got we still got some legends in the game you know and we're holding
1: it down richard is joined by his fellow teammate and friend leonard furnette next stay tuned guys welcome to the richard sherman
0: podcast brought to you by super draft fantasy if you're a real football fan, you know that Daily Fantasy is broken. SuperDraft has fixed it with their new game, Super 15. Listeners get their first $5 game for free, no deposit required, with the code PFF at registration. You know the game. Pick your best five players off the grid with $15 in salary and let it ride. It takes less than a minute. Watch me pick a new lineup every week and see if you can beat my score. Download the Super Draft app and see if you can beat me to win cash prizes. Just use the code PFF at registration for your first $5 contest free. No credit card required to claim the offer. Offer only eligible for new accounts. All right, all right, here we go. You know what time it is. It's time for this week's Super Draft. Super 15 contest with me and my boy Mitchell. And I have to give Mitch credit. He is, he is three and one versus me in the last four matchups. So it's time for a change, but it's not time for a change in the quarterback. I'm picking because well, Richard body-
1: before, before you jump in, I just want to say one thing. I am three and one against Richard. And, uh, I have a lot of thanks to Josh Allen, uh, Richard picked the wrong Josh Allen last week. Josh Allen, the uh, the linebacker from the Jags, was the right pick, Rich. So, thank you, Josh Allen, for uh, destroying Josh Allen. Go ahead, Rich. <laughs> you know what? You know what? What was I supposed to do? What, how was I supposed to predict that? That, you
0: know, the, the tea leaves said Josh Allen was going to be, who know who, who knew it would be that Josh Allen? You know, of course, of course, when I need it to happen, it's, you know, but whatever. This week, I have Tom Brady, obviously, coming off a of bye week. Healthy, happy, excited, he has the Washington Redskins. He's PFFs. Still, the last time I checked, highest-graded quarterback. And we're ready to do this this week. Then we got Justin Herbert coming off the most points scored off of any quarterback last week. So, again, I see what you do for others, Justin Herbert. I need you to do that for me this week. Don't, don't let me down, please. My $3 pick, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. PFF's highest graded receiver in week six seems like he and Ryan Tannehill are getting their groove back, you know, like Stella in that one movie. So I feel like we're getting there. We're getting to where we need to be. Do it for me. My $2 pick, Kyle Pitts. You catching the rhythm. You starting to understand who he is. I need you to be special, spectacular this week. Go off. For a number of reasons. Uh we got Elijah Moore who's coming on for Robert Salas New York Jets come on keep doing it keep scoring touchdowns Mike White providing him with beautiful passes come on i need y'all look we got to beat this week guys look, this is my pep talk
1: you need you need to beat yourself this week richard you put up 43 points last week <sighs> Let Let that How set. was i supposed to <laughs> So I'm going to go for four and one this week, guys, and I'm going to do it to Richard in a very, very, very interesting way here. I'm going with Josh Allen, the comeback $5 pick Josh Allen, right, Rebound week projected to score the most points of any QB this week. I'm going with the quarterback, Josh Allen, not the linebacker. Then I'm going with my $4 pick, Jonathan Taylor. He's been on a, he's finding his groove. The Colts are kind of getting their offense going. Projected to score the most points of any running back this week, and guess what Rich? They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, which they're gonna do better than, than you did. So then my $3 pick, I'm going uh, I'm going with Richard's teammate, I'm going with Chris Godwin. He is. Uh, it's gonna be interesting, I don't know if Antonio Brown's coming back or not, but Chris has been in a groove as well, I'm going with him as my $3 choice. And then you guys know me, or the, you guys don't, but some of you do. Detroit Lion fan at heart, TJ Hawkinson, they're 0-8, they're gonna probably be 0-9, but you know what? TJ Hawkinson's gonna score a touchdown, that's my $2 pick. And then finally, AJ Dillon, my $1 pick, he has just been absolutely ruining Aaron Jones's fantasy value, I think he's gonna score from the goal line this week. That's my choice, 4-1, look forward to seeing you guys next week, and uh, I'm gonna be celebrating again.
0: Well, let's hope that's not the case. But as you guys know, if you want to get involved, then use the promo code PFF for a free first $5 game. No credit card information required. Get in there. In. It's a fun game. Follow my picks. Don't follow Mitch's picks. Just don't follow, don't, don't pay attention to the record. It it's fluky. It does, it does it's been matter. fluky. It doesn't matter. Welcome to the Richard Sherman Podcast. This week we got... Leonard Fournette, you know, we were trying to get D White on, but you know, he had some previous engagements, so we are gonna get him on later on, on to the show. Uh,
2: excuses, excuses.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. More, more likely. Uh, but, but my boy Lenny showed up. You know, you know, obviously preoccupied. You know, he's gamer of the year. You know, how how much does that play a factor in, in like, just keeping you calm, keeping you level, just having a, another something else to do with your your mind and your time.
2: Well, it helps me out a lot. You know, when I'm home and you know, I love myself, my kids, they live back home. So, it takes my focus off football, and I put it into gaming. You know, they had a so that something came out on the internet. They said game when you game, you lose a lot of weight. So, I guess it's. it's, it's <laughs> I swear to God, that's what it came out. But it's just facts.
0: Lily, Lily, how much weight you did lose? <laughs> Two pounds. <laughs>
1: Two
0: pounds. <laughs> 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 I don't know if your pound per, per hour's played ratio is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> Two pounds. I take it. Uh, Lenny, what made you go to LSU? You know, you had every offer in the world. You know, I know that's the hometown team, but yeah. you know, you could have went to Bama, you could have went to Florida. What made I you go t- to Stafford? You could have went to Stanford, Lenny, come on now, you could have changed the program, you, nah,
2: what are you it doing? Stanford was too smart for me, I had to stay where I needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, just being, uh, I wanted to be almost like, so the year before, when I went, I think it was 13, Landon Collins was the number one player, coming out of high school, you know, and he's from Louisiana, so he went to Bama. The year before that, Another cat, I can't remember his name. He went to another school, but not LSU. So I felt like this decision is going to help my family in the long-term run, you know, which it it has, and it is right now as we speak. And it's just like a household name like I had in high school, and now I've committed to playing for my state.
0: Yeah.
2: It was nothing like it. (laughs) You know, the love I got. Uh, They've been following me since eighth grade when I started playing uh, high school football. And over the years, you know, it's just the the love they showed me. This was amazing. So I felt like it was only right that I go, I, I stay home. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's real. That's real. You you you've been in a household name in Louisiana since since you were probably five. <laughs> 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 so like, how is that? You know what I mean? How is it to be like? to be had at a claim, you know, all the way through high. See, I didn't have, I didn't have a name until I got, you know, in the league to my second, third in the league. I was kind of under the radar till then. So it kind of, I don't know, want to say it's easier, but it's different, you know, it yeah, had a spotlight was, on you all day, every day, every game, they come in the same Man, like I, like
2: I tell people, man, I, I felt like no matter what my circumstances was in, in my years in the league, if I had a bad year or whatever, bad game, I, I've always beaten the odds. Cause so much pressure on one guy from high school, you got expectations to do great things in college, and then when you do it, then you go to the NFL. You know what I mean? And you and you still doing the same thing you've been doing for for years. I don't care what nobody said. I'm I'm still beating the odds. You know, you, like you, you you beating the odds. You know what I mean? And just to do that, you know, at, at moments it was pressure. Cause of course, us as athletes, human beings, put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So. I probably never told about the story. So my first year at LSU, uh, we played against Wisconsin. I rushed for like 37 yards. I'm talking about, I was messed up. Cause that's my first time in my life I've ever had 30 yards in a game. Right. Right. And people on the internet calling me a bum sellout. So that's my first time. Like, like, oh, so this is what is this is what it's like. This is what it's about. You know what I mean? This is what it is. So Long story short, Coach Frank Wilson, he was my running back coach at the time. He recruited me to go to LSU. I came to his office crying. You know, I was like 19, 18 at this time. I said, man, I want to try. I'm like, this shit ain't working. Yeah. I can't. like it's, it's just so much expectations of people <laughs> that they have for me and I have for myself. Not, and not me not thinking, wait, this, this, ain't, this ain't high school. You're not going to have six carries, 200 yards, right. four or five touchdowns. So it was kind of that wake-up call that I needed to be a better me. So I had to, that's when I, I really had to start back, start back studying film, uh, watching other people, see how they're cause that year, Nick Chubb was the guy. Nick Chubb, we both freshmen, he rushed for like 1,200 yards. I never told Nick that Nick's my guy. I'm like, I just watch Nick every week. I'm like, damn, I'm like, I know I could, I, I know I could do that. Like, I know. So mm-hmm. He was kind of like my motivation coming into my sophomore year. Like, so my, my freshman year, I finished for like 1,034 yards, 10 touchdowns, some bull, you know what I mean? So Nick Chubb was my motivation going into my second year as a sophomore. I'm like, I know I could do whatever they do. Like, I'm a, I had to get my mind right. I got bigger, stronger, faster. Right, right. And I also, my biggest thing, I made my mama quit her job, right? I'm like, listen, I put so much hard work into – that offseason, Shern, I, I made my mom a good job. I'm like, listen, after this year, you will not have the work again. I promise you. Yeah. So, my sophomore year, I went crazy. Uh, my first four games, I worked for a 1,000 yards. Yeah. Damn. Uh, <clears throat> um, I, I, whatever. I was up for the Heisman. Uh, I, I came in fifth, sixth, whatever. I got voted sixth, whatever the case may be. But I made my mark, right? I had yeah, 1,900 yards. I passed. I think it was Herschel Walker and Bo Jackson, single-season rushing, rushing record. Uh, me and Derrick Henry did that in one year. Right. And I had, I finished with 20, 24, 25 touchdowns. Yeah. So, it was really set in stone. It was set in stone what I did. And now, my junior came. I got my, my, my draft grade back. It was top 10. So, I'm like, damn. Like, so I really manifested this. Like, yeah. I manifested the whole thing. So, now that... I am where I'm at today, and I went through my stuff in Jacksonville. I have beaten the eyes consistency, like like over and over and over. It, it may it may have taken some time, but I still did it. I overcame it. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's why I don't be like you see me. I don't be tripping no more about things.
0: But it, 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 but that's an important lesson for everybody. Everybody, because because now with the transfer portal and all that, and how easy they making it for kids to just give up and be like, be like, nah, nah, it ain't working out here. You know what I mean? Like you were ready yeah. to do, but you but you caught a hold of yourself. You know what I mean? Instead of like yeah. saying saying, nah, man, this the system ain't working. You said I'm gonna get better, stronger, faster, and I'm gonna make take it on myself and make sure I'm ready to to go out there and and dominate. Nowadays, kids be like, I'm about to transfer, and they ain't gotta have no Definitely. conversation. They just nah. get,
2: they, they just leave. <laughs> they just go and... In some people's cases, it's the best thing for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but... But, but, uh, but
0: it now it's too much of a... Like, it's too much of an option nowadays. Like, yeah. it didn't used to be that big of an option. Now it's, it's an option for everybody.
2: So that's like... That's like with the... Um, the people not playing the bowl games, right? You know, you know, I was the first player to do that. Right. So when I did it, they was kind of questioning my character. Oh, he doesn't love football. Da-da-da-da-da. But wait. I played I play with a high and low angle sprain the entire season at LSU my junior year. Yeah. but but how can y'all question me about do I love football when I'm like, when I got hurt, cause I listen for a fact, I knew I was going to do way better than what I did my, my sophomore year. Cause I put in, I put in the work, but I put in times 10.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, I, I stayed, I, you know, we had that break. I stayed, left, ran. I did everything I was supposed to do. And, and I think that's when a, a lot of guys get discouraged too, because when they put in the work and they don't get the results, they, they, think they needed to, to, to well what it should be and me being young I felt that way like every day yeah. Darius Geis is my god he's breaking it like he breaking damn near all my records so I'm at home watching a game my foot up I'm just crying like I'm crying my mom my dad coming up man listen man like but this one in college you love you love the game like you love it's it so young. much like it <laughs> so I'm like, I'm frustrated. So I came back, oh Miss Gang. Hey, I, I find I wind up rushing 16 carries of 284 yards, three touchdowns, whatever. <clears throat> and I'm like, and I and I kind of hurt my ankle again. So like, so now this is a business decision. Should I keep playing? Or I gotta take care of my family. And it's like it was it was decision. And I think about it now, like I'm like, I was really making I was doing really like. You are making high level
0: decisions,
2: up. right? And I'm like, damn! Like, and I love the game. So when I made, the, I was I, I was upset with myself because in college it's different. Like the the camaraderie of guys you have, the relationship you build. Like you want to be there with them for them. But now it's like this—the first time I had to think about myself and not put football before <clears throat> before me. You know. Yeah. So, and it's it's, it's levels of stuff we ha- we have we had to I have to go dress football players.
0: And, and that's the part a lot of people in the, in the normal world don't understand. It's like every level you go through this kind of adversity, and, and that's what kind of kind of like eliminates people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like that that stuff could have killed you. That, that could have put you out from the beginning, from your freshman year. That could have been what ended Leonard Fournette's story. They'd be like, man, he was great in high school, but his freshman year he didn't have a good year. He started t- fussing with the coaches, and he stopped working hard, and the story gone. Then your second year, you you went and you got adversity. Your third year, you could have played in that bowl game, got hurt seriously, and they'd be like, "Man, it, it's sad what happened to Lenny. He was about to be a top ten pick, and something happened Definitely. to him." Then you get to the league, and you got a lot of expectations on you again because you're a top ten pick, like you're 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 supposed to be the franchise player. And how did it feel going to Jacksonville? You know, it's not a, like a storied franchise like that, and yeah. you know it wasn't necessarily the best situation coaching wise to walk into. Um, and that's what people don't understand. Sometimes, like that, can derail a career. You know, the coaching staff and the and the yeah. team you go into. If you go into the perfect situation, you mess around and have a Hall of Fame career just because you went into the perfect situation. Right. And sometimes you walk into a tough situation, and it, it kind of slows the the start of, of your career down. And then people kind of get a, a a bad view of who you are and the player you are. I mean, obviously now you freaking getting to show your talent. You own the Super Bowl contending team. Like, how was that journey?
2: Uh, like when they first called me, I didn't, I, I don't think I talked to Jacksonville. So I'm telling, like I'm whispering to my, to my agent, like, like, who is who Jacksonville? Like I ain't, we ain't <laughs> talking to am Like what's going on? So long story short, I got there. They had, they had 10 of the guys. It just wasn't winning for some reason. And I've always tell people, that's one thing I respect about Jalen Ramsey. He, lo- he loves football, but he loves winning, <laughs> you know. And when I, when I seen he had the same passion as me, just like we had Calais Campbell, uh, Malik Jackson, uh, Yannick. We had Miles. I mean, we had Mercedes Lewis, who's a vet, who's been in the game 12, 13 years. Um, and when we had – when I seen the opportunity – you know what I mean? And I'm a firm believer in God. My mom, my mother always put that in store for me. And even though LSU, my, my season ended kind of sour for me, I think it did for me because <clears throat> still to this day, Kevin Falk holds the the Russian uh title at LSU, he played four years and I was gonna surpass that shit my third year, and I was gonna be done. Like I had real aspirations and goals to be left that number one mark. So even though it didn't happen. My mother said something big is gonna happen for you when you go to Jacksonville. You know, and we wound up going to the AFC Championship. I wound up rushing for a thousand some yards, ten touchdowns, and you know that is that. But I think with that group of guys, you know, we we knew we had state, we had the talent, and I think we had a, a Super Bowl caliber team, but just not for the Super Bowl. And, and people, people are like, "What is what are you talking about?" But there's That's exactly what you they, they have teams like that mm-hmm. who's who's built for the playoffs, but not built for that Super Bowl. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. And
2: I think we had that. And you know, my time there, we had I built great relationships with those guys. You know, still to this day, we talk. And uh, it happens, you know. My second year, I got hurt. I uh, hurt my hamstring. Third year, I, I bounced back. You know, and things, and unfortunately, things didn't work out between uh, me and Jacksonville, and I came to Tampa. And I say, my, I think my first time in life, Tampa, was my first tempting year that I almost quit football because football was like my avenue to get away from all the bull. <laughs> you know, I, it, it, it has always been easy for me. That's why I, I'm going to say that it's been easy, but it was a trying year last year. You know, my first time in my life, you know, I had to be a backup to Rojo. You know, I, had to be, I was just the second running back. And, and my, my mind just couldn't – it just couldn't handle it at some time, at some, you know. And I'm I sorry everybody saw the story when me and B.A., we got into it on the plane and all this other stuff. But once again, I had to make another decision. And this was not just a business. This is this a family decision. Like, my family eats off this game I play. I provide for them. So it's like, damn, I'm on the plane crying. He said, you let me know what you want, what you want to do, you know. I don't want to let you go, but if that's what you want to do, Hey, I I'll do it for you. But at that moment, this is when you gotta suck up your pride and just whatever happens, it happens with it. I just got cut from Jacksonville. Now, if if I say I love this game and I love my family, why would I tell them to release me? I might I might not ever get another chance. All right. That's just that's just the reality of it. <clears throat> so once again. At the suck of my pride, wipe my eyes. I told Coach, listen, I'm here. Point blank, period. And at the end, you know, it wound up being one of the biggest blessings for me. Right. Playoff Lenny <laughs> right. came. Uh, and my relationship with those guys, it grew. You know, even mm-hmm. despite it, I came there beginning of the, uh, the first game and things like that. But I've earned a respect level from my teammates that. I don't think no one will understand, you know what I mean? Because they understand what I was going through there. And by me, once again, I'm coming in there, working my ass off, fighting to play, competing each and every day. To, and this, this, is, this is to the Super Bowl. I'm competing at practice, everything. Like, I'm, I'm still doing the same thing you see me do at practice right now. I finish 20 yards down, come back, try to get my win, things like that. So, last year was like the biggest blessing for me. I'm not going to lie
0: and it and, and, and it is again another another lesson for people to like like you so close you know what I mean like you never know how close you are to to like receiving a blessing you know what I mean it looks like all is lost it looks like your darkest moment but you're really close to having a breakthrough it's really about Definitely. to be a beautiful thing and that's the last test for you to take and sometimes the ha- the last test is the hardest test Definitely. And, and for you to go from being ready to, to to let it go and, and release me to to having a great playoff run and winning the Super Bowl, you know, which is the, everybody's dream. When when you start to play this game, your dream as a kid, as a young kid, your dream at the end is to win a Super Bowl. Like, hey, hey, I'm going to win a Super Bowl one day. I'm going to win a Super Bowl one day. And you were able to do that. And do that after going through that adversity, bro, it's, it's different. And that's inspirational to people. And that's why I appreciate you coming on the show. Because you sharing that story is gonna, gonna help some kid who's right who in that situation right now, who's sitting there right now, like, man, this some BS, like I'm about to quit. And he don't know that if he just keep pushing, if you just get right your head back down to the grindstone, you're about to get what you deserve. You about Definitely. to get it. And and I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that story, Lenny. And and I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you got to get back to your gaming, but uh, you, you know, I know you I know, and, and 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 accept my invite when I when I get on.
2: I got you, that's a <laughs> bet.
0: I appreciate you, man. I, I, right, I catch up with me. you later today.
2: I oh, mean, I see you later. I see you tomorrow. So,
0: well, look, I'm about to get on the game. All right, bet. Let's get it. All right, I appreciate you. It's another week of the Richard Sherman podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Subscribe if you have not. Uh, you know, it's going to be another great week of football. I, you know, I'm going to be out there this week, so I'm, you know, going to try to put on a show. Uh, we will announce next week's guest on Twitter. So. Stay tuned. Bye bye. Bye bye. Even traffic.